Those of you who have been listening for a while know that we do a fantasy award show at the end of the season. And those of you who haven't been listening for the last three years, now you know that we do that. Well, this year, we're making our predictions as to who we think is going to be fantasy rookie of the year, fantasy MVP, draft value of the year, all that good stuff coming at you, plus more. So let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott and Tom. Hey, everybody. We are in the middle of the preseason and thus the beginning of draft season. Gentlemen, how are we feeling so far? Feeling froggy. Yeah? That's good, right? My draft went great. Had to have. Must have. All right. So, before everything gets started and we... Take a look at our final rosters for our teams that we've drafted. We thought to do another tradition that we started last year of predicting who we think are going to win the fantasy football awards that we do at the end of the regular season each year. Right. Now, these these awards include a bunch of different things, uh, and we've got a lot of different fun drops for them. Uh, so we each have made a prediction of who is going to win these picks, and hopefully, obviously, hopefully we get them all right. And we don't have to do a we'll lot of work shopping, for the episode at the end yeah. of the season. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, but, but there will no be. Way. I was there will thinking, be more like, awards. if someone we guess here actually winds up being nominated there, that they should get like an extra few votes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We'll factor it's it in point. when we do the final calculations, or we'll just like say it. Yeah, and then we'll give them yeah. a little extra screen yeah. time. There you go. Yep. Another idea for the accountability episode too. Also, have we even ever per? Correctly predicted this. I mean, the rookie of the year one should be pretty close. Uh, last year, I said loser of the year would yeah. be the Raiders. How'd that go for you? Fine. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. I mine mean, was Joe Flacco. That was great. I don't remember who mine was. Probably stunk idiot. That's <laughs> the point. Might have been looking on that's Bell, the honestly. Point. The point was that they're supposed to think. <laughs> so, they're probably good idiots. Uh, thank you. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, we're going to go through these awards. Um, do you guys have any preference as to what we do first, or should I just randomly pick? You can randomly pick. All right. Yep. Well, let's start off as we always do on our weekly preview, or yeah, our weekly recap episodes. The you loser. Just preview, and then you're yeah. like, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I was right. <laughs> the loser of the year. I look around at us. You know what I see? Losers. Now. It's tough to tell who's going to be the biggest loser of an entire season before said season starts. Yep. But we already have so many good candidates that Josh Rosen wasn't even selected. <laughs> so, Scott, let's go with you. Who is going to be the loser of the year when we take a look at this in January? I'm looking at a team that just looks like it's going to be a dumpster fire, and it's the Washington Redskins. They can't decide who's going to be quarterback. They got three quarterbacks that are rotating around right now. They got four or five running backs that are rotating around right now. No idea who's playing receiver besides Trey Quinn, who's got about eight career catches. More on him. No later. offense, Tom. Excuse you. <laughs> but anyway, the whole thing smells like trouble to me. It smells like a lot of transitioning, and it smells like a whole lot of losing. I don't think they're going to have any fantasy relevant players. Like, I'm not even kidding when I say any. Maybe Jordan Reed for a couple weeks, maybe. Well, I mean, he better. We took him in our mock draft episode last week. That's right. But I, other than that, right there. yeah, I almost died just thinking about drafting a Redskin. <laughs> <laughs> Besides Jordan Reed for the first couple weeks. But regardless, it's not going to be fun for them. They're not going to be fun for fantasy. They're not going to win a lot of games. I'm out on the Redskins. They're losers. And their team name is racist. Always worth saying. 
Sure. I'm not going to argue with any of the above. Um, do we think that the starter will be? I think it's going to be um, Haskins as soon as no they idea. think he's ready. No well, idea. I I've, think it's going to be Keenum for like four weeks, and then it's going to be Colt McCoy for like five weeks, and then it's going to be Haskins, and then it's going to go back to Case Keenum. It's going to be a mess. I've actually heard that Colt McCoy is doing a lot to hold He's the number one on the roster right yeah, now. Yeah, I was going to say, I think if the season started today, they said that they'd start Colt McCoy at quarterback. Which, which goes to wild. show how horrible they're going to be. Yeah. 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 It makes me think of when I plumped I started him. Colt McCoy in a game last year. I plumped it. And he was him. fine. And then he didn't play. He got like hurt at practice or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was really but ready. But he was ready to kill it. I, I, I plumped picked him too because he played. He started for Washington on Thanksgiving. Yep. Yeah. And, and I plump pick uh, everybody who plays Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. Right. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but anyway, Tom, your loser of the year nominee. Yeah, my loser of the year is Damian Williams. Even though I don't think that this will actually happen, I'm just, you know, the person who wins these categories, these votes, is usually someone who had a high expectation. Right. And then falls from grace, right? Right. So that's that's my strategy here with picking him. Why am I picking him of all people? You know, I'm reading the tea leaves. Right. There's, you know, he's he's had the the nagging injury. He's had he's got a high ADP, but you know, you see Darwin Thompson even in the first uh, preseason game, rumbling, rumbling, scoring, receiving. You know, everything that you want to see. Oh yeah. Kind of doing a little bit of what Kareem Hunt did yeah. to Spencer yep. Ware and the like. And before back, back, back a couple years ago, I back, was back, back, exactly. back, 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 God. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly what I was going for. Um, I always mentioned how the Chiefs running backs seldom go wire to wire uh, from from training camp to the end of the season. Right. So, Not since Jamal Charles. Yeah, so really. I, I would really think that if you have him, just in a form of fantasy advice, since that is the name of the show, uh, I would draft Darwin Thompson. I, yeah. I, I, I'm less scared of Carlos Hyde in a lot of ways. I think Damian Williams will fend him off and they'll yeah. do their thing together. They like the the young electric back and Carlos right. Hyde is uh I mean, he's on his last survival track. of the fittest. That's Darwinism at its finest. Don, give it up for that. <laughs> Who's your loser, Don? Antonio Brown. He lost several layers of skin off of his feet. <laughs> Fact. He lost the ability to see properly in, in his helmet. Fact. He lost meaningful rep time during training camp with Derek Carr. And his mind. And he lost his mind, arguably, <laughs> but more importantly, he's lost my trust. Because oh, wow, he's really broken up about that one. Yeah. Really. How does that, why do you think him? I saved that one for less? <laughs> I mean, this is a guy who who just like he went completely awol on a on a potential playoff team last year. Now he's going to a team that is three years away from being a year away from the playoffs. They don't know where they're playing next year. I mean, you're bringing dysfunction. That's just classic Donnie, yeah. but continue. You're bringing dysfunction to solve dysfunction. That's like when Thanos said in Avengers Endgame, I use the stones to destroy the stones. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Thanos is a clever boy. Yep. He's a thick boy, too. He is thick. <laughs> Second straight week with a thick reference for us, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but, yeah, I'm Antonio Brown, I mean, Tom, you said it so perfectly before. You should have his gone for the head. His next controversy, <laughs> yes. His next controversy could be a day away. And yeah, we don't course. know what it is. Yeah, and spoiler alert, I won't say what date I'm recording this episode, but, you know, there could be one right today, now. Right now. <laughs> yep. Because this show's not live, people. <laughs> it, it, could, it could be right now. He, yep. could be, he could be doing. 
Crazy stuff. Cruise control right in a Lamborghini <laughs> in, uh, in Napa, a cryogenic freeze yeah, chamber in Napa, on peyote in Napa with Valley. Wet feet. In Napa Valley because he's in Oakland. Right. But, you know, he's not drinking and driving because he's just sniffing it. Right. He's, he's, he's muddling it around then. <laughs> with Caesar Palace <laughs> On cruise control. And now is that a DUI? Yes. By wow, the eyes that's... of the law. <laughs> that's a debate for. <laughs> that, that could be a whole podcast that right is, there. Yeah. Sure. But that's oh, what I'm saying. So yes, yeah, it would so be. it is. I know it is done. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I, th- I thought you legitimately didn't know. <laughs> well, well, I think Antonio Brown would defend it tooth and nail. <laughs> yeah. And Gruden would. would say, hey, that's our guy. I don't want. <laughs> hey, hey, that's man. our guy. Hey, man. I don't want. I don't even know where I was going with that, so I'm going to stop. All right. Stick to Bernie Sanders. Point. Yeah. And, yeah. So to your point, Don. Stick to could, sports, please. <laughs> Dude, you should just do the podcast as Bernie Sanders. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> I'll do an entire episode if reading he wins one of the your articles as Bernie right, Sanders. If, if he wins the nomination, you have to do a whole episode of as 100%. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. 100% I'll do it. 100%. That will be the greatest episode ever. <laughs> All right, let's move on to another award. Also, uh, we'll just write... <laughs> Ruts FF featuring Bernie Sanders. <laughs> 100%. Like, yeah, Don's out today, so we got Bernie Sanders to fill in. It's wonderful to be here. <laughs> Let's uh, look on the positive side. Some guys who we probably had as loser of the week a bunch last year who we're, we're hoping can turn some things around. And let's talk about Zombie of the Year. Zombie, zombie. One of my favorite drops. Uh, Tom. We think you're going to win this. Yeah. I so why the, don't you give us your pick? <laughs> Mine was a pretty lights out pick. Yeah. Uh, I think he was possibly the loser of the year, actually. Yes. And that's Should have been. He was a nominee, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He, and I can't imagine that he didn't do very well in the voting. Yeah. And that's Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he really tanked you last year. He was he, the number two pick in most drafts. Yeah. He went out there and he said, I'll be there. This is going to be my best <laughs> yep. season ever. Psych! <laughs> he didn't play a single game. Man, that was brutal. And yep. he dictated the storyline of every single league. So yeah. it's really hard to say that he wouldn't be the zombie of the year because I think in a lot of ways he'll dictate storylines of the league again. Maybe not to such an insane degree, right. but people will be happy that they picked him. They'll be upset that they picked him. But no matter what, I think that he his finish is as an RB1 yeah. somewhere along that line. Agreed. Uh, barring injury or suspension, yeah, and that if that happens, that is the, you know, from going from zero fantasy points to round about three hundred, <laughs> zero to three hundred, <laughs> real big quick. climb. That's a big climb. Yeah, yeah. The fresh legs theory will never have a better test. But yeah. you know what? Okay. I don't you know? hear it a lot from no. Le'Veon this year. I heard it way more for like, you know. Marshawn. Any other running back. Marshawn. Yeah. yeah. Then, then comparing his, his seasons to Ricky Williams. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> what, no one is saying that for Le'Veon no, Bell. No, not at all. And our, ourselves included. So yeah. I guess I'm a little guilty on that. Yeah. yeah, I think we've all been a little lower on him. Than, it's Gase. Yeah. Did you see the There's video of him with the... Uh, the sniffing the, salts. The smelling packet. And oh he like didn't God. even recoil at all. No, no, no. He was no, just no, no. loving it. Like, yeah, it was... It was, it was red borderline. Flag-ish. Yeah, it really was. Was that his catnip? He has some demons. Maybe he is one. Who knows? My nomination for Zombie of the Year. Wait, is Wait, I got be... another Adam Gase. Oh, go for it. Oh God. I mean, Apparently, how could we not? Apparently, hear this? his wife was either get, oh. delivering a baby. Delivering a baby is it? Delivering, delivering their child. Yes, yeah. and their firstborn. Yeah, and he had to go meet with Peyton Manning. 
And he said, you good? Not like a... (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Like Which, two hours after their child was born. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. we're child was born, and then he leaves. He goes, "You yeah. good? You got this, right?" I mean, that was two hours ago. You're fine, right? How much does? And I, I don't want to, you know, defend Adam Gase too heavily here, but how much does that family owe Peyton Manning? Oh yeah, I mean he he got Everything. the Dolphins job because of it. He, he got probably every, got this job because of it. It's all because of the Peyton Bears' Manning. offensive coordinator job. I mean. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people that I mean, look you at Bill Polian for Peyton Manning. All Bill Polian ever did as an NFL GM was draft Peyton Manning over Ryan Leaf, and now he gets to spew that Randy Moss isn't a first ballot Hall of Famer on ESPN whenever he feels like it. Julius Thomas, yeah, all right. Julius Thomas, good one. Oh. Go suckle at the Tita Payton a little bit more. Yeah. yeah he, like he was an absolute nothing with Well, the Peyton. funny thing is, is remember when he was going to the Jags and Adam Gase was there and everyone's like, that's he's right. reuniting with Adam Gase. Dude, I was so hyped. I picked that him. wasn't the Jags. That it was, was the Dolphins. The Dolphins. The Dolphins obviously, yeah. it was Adam Gase. But, you know, he, he spread around down there as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. And uh, he did really bad. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't Adam Gase. No. That's, just, uh, that's just one case All roads study. lead to Payton. Yeah. 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 So Julius Thomas, yes. you good? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> My uh, Zombie of the Year nominee is going to be Devontae Freeman. Now, he's a running back who did not it's play much good last pick. year because he was hurt. And so because of that, I think you know it's going to have to be a little bit. Reports are pretty good on him from camp, too. As they should be. And the reports are very good about the Falcons' commitment to their offensive line. Two They're running probably backs. going to look to. I mean, two offensive linemen in yeah, the draft. In yeah. The draft, yep. um, and you know, I two think they're going to look back. to control the clock <laughs> a lot more because that defense got absolutely shredded every single week of the season last year. They're going to have a big turnaround this yeah. year, though. They lost so, a lot of key pieces very early in the Keanu year. Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, and I think another linebacker all in the first yeah, two weeks of the season. Casey, I think, um, too. So, that you, you know, you got the chance of the Falcons playing ahead more. That means more carries for Devontae Freeman. Edo Smith looks like he's not going to win that RB2 job. I wouldn't necessarily say that. But just they, any muddling at all helps But Freeman. the competition for that's still open. Yeah, of course. But, you know, the Brian Hill game uh, occurred, and then the Edo Smith game actually occurred right thereafter. Yeah. They played on a Thursday and then a Sunday. So they kind of just Oh, yeah, because they had the split, Hall of Fame game. Exactly. So they just kind of split the labor right. up. Um, but don't forget about Cadre. It's less clear than we always thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm thinking Devontae Freeman, he comes back. He's probably going to be a great RB2 value. We yeah. just saw him go in the fourth round of our mock draft in a 12-team league last week. So, you know, the, the opportunity is there for you to kind of pounce and get him at a really good value this season, and I'm yep. hoping that he bounces back, which he always seems to do when he gets hurt. It does kind of seem like he has a good year, and then he hits the tanks, and then he comes back. Yeah. Uh, Scott, your loser of the year nominee is not a running back, so that's why we saved you for last. I already did my loser of the year. I'm going to go with my zombie of the year, <laughs> zombie, which is going to be Greg Olson. And the leg. you know he's probably not too much of a zombie because he did play a decent amount of games last year. But I think half the season probably qualifies you yeah. as a zombie. Oh yeah. Um, and if he throws down another half of the season like he did last year, he puts two halves together. We're looking at a tight end one, and quite simply, he's going to be. A huge factor in fantasy drafts. Yes, if he's going to be a tight end one and go that late. So I'll tell you what, in that mock draft, um, had Jordan Reed gone instead of Greg Olson, we would have picked Greg Olson so fast. Yeah. Oh, so fast. Yeah, and yeah. been pumped. Yeah, it would have been the quickest pick of that draft. Sure. Which had a lot of very quick picks. Some very and slow. Some that very was a joke. Oh, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, that's. I mean, Greg Olson. I think he's a great bounce back candidate. I've kind of seen the light on him finally. Just. When he plays and he's healthy for the Panthers, he's a tight end one. It's that simple. It's so easy to be a tight end one. Yeah, it's so easy. That's the problem. Yeah, and he's and the really dude good plays. at it, though. Yeah. <laughs> he plays yeah. in an offense that throws them the ball. That's basically yeah. all you need. Yeah. Yep. 
All right, so uh, before any of these guys start, you know, moving up draft boards, let's get to the draft value of the year. Wow, that's a low price. Now this is where we see guys going a little bit later than we think, and at the end of the year, it'll be wow, this guy gave us a wide receiver, you know, one and a half value, right? And we got him in the eighth round or so, yeah, or something like that. So. Uh, Scott, who do you have right now as your draft value? Of the I'm year? going with a with a preseason darling, with a training camp darling. Um, it's a guy that I've really grown on a ton since the season became, uh, you know, came about. He's currently going like the fourth or fifth rounder, and I think it's a potential monster steal. And it's David Montgomery. This guy has dominated the Bears training camp and dominated the preseason to this point. He's just been – I just see it. Like, you just see him run, and you're like, okay, this guy's a stud. And you could tell kind of right away. <laughs> he steps into a monster workload that we were drafting at the you know the back end of the second, front end of the third with confidence, and we're excited about it to do it with Jordan Howard, albeit besides maybe last year as the last one we were like, okay, I was this isn't that great. And, yeah. and exactly, people were still doing it, and we're excited about it as well. So that role is still there. He looks to be like – 10 times more capable and athletic than Jordan Howard as a receiver, as a runner, the whole thing, everything's coming together for him. I think he should be like a, like I said, a back end, second, early third round value. I think he could be that high as upside as I think as equal to Aaron Jones as anybody could, you know, could be. And Aaron Jones goes that high. I mean, I think he could easily have a better year than Marlon Mack. You know, he could easily have a much better year than Marlon Mack too, I think is a good comparison. So for those reasons, catch, right? Yeah. So there you go. Exactly. And he's in an offense that's going to use him. And like we said, 300 total touches basically between uh, carries and targets for Jordan Howard to be vacated. He's going to step into that. And if you get that in the fifth round, he could be the difference that makes you win your league. Yeah. And some of those targets will actually turn into receptions. Yeah, exactly. Instead of just stone cold drops. Yeah. Yeah, So that's that's going to work in his favor. I agree, Scotty. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. I mean, you know, I was going to pick him for something else, but then you were like, just pick him. Just pick somebody else and I'll do it for this one. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to commit to him, but, you know, out of the three of us, I mean, that's, this is like an ongoing thing in the show is I'm just much more reserved about drafting rookie running backs than you guys are. And oh, I'm all about And it burns it, yeah. me every year. It doesn't kill you, though. I was no. actually going to say you, you do a fine job. It's just good to have different representations and yeah. strategies oh, up yeah. here. So we need you for that. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you want to go or you want me to go? I'll go. All right, go ahead. Uh, that's going to be Mr. Marquez Valdez Scantling for me. I can't believe I got the wrong cool named Packers receiver. What, in like the startups and everything back just, in the day? Just, I picked the wrong guy. Equinemia yeah. St. Brown. Yeah, I yeah. thought he was the guy. And yeah. then... MVS, baby. Yeah, well, they picked like three that draft, so it was not that easy to tell. Yeah. No, it was not um, at all. Marquez Valdez Scantling clearly has been the guy who... Uh, you know, really floated to the top among those guys. Yep. Uh, last year, he had 15.29 yards per catch. Ooh. And they tried to squeeze him into the slot in some games. So They had no choice. Yeah, that number could actually go up. That's why I think he is um, one of the greatest draft values in there. With a healthy Aaron Rodgers, with him actually playing on the outside opposite Devontae Adams, he's going to ha- be able to use that speed and – you know, not being double teamed almost like to the effect of maybe like a Juju Smith Schuster when Juju's on the outside, right? um, that he has the opportunity for a lot of targets, a lot of touchdowns and big plays. Yeah. And how did Devontae Adams really get his start? That same sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And Devontae Adams really crept up and overtook Jordy Nelson at a point. It kind of got a little muddy there, Yeah, but um, it makes me interested in taking like DeAndre Hopkins instead 
because then I'll just go back down in the draft and get a Geronimo Allison or better yet, a right. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Who could easily have that monster ceiling like wide receiver twos have. Exactly. In, I mean, if you Packers remember offense. that time where Devonta Adams was the waiver wire pickup of the year, yeah. all I'm doing is applying the same formula to the next guy. Next guy. And don't line. forget, yeah, for sure. He got mossed. Worked out with Randy Moss this offseason. <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he yeah, he was like working out with Randy Moss. I mean, Randy Moss isn't gonna waste his time on guys he doesn't think have potential. He's yeah, really fast. Guys with a For lot a guy of his size, he's really fast yeah. MBS. So he I can don't blow know the how much off. I love um yeah, he's a four three something guy. I don't know how much I love the stories of when people are working out with such and such. No? Do you, does that do a lot for you guys? Um, sometimes, but to me, like to me, hearing a guy like Randy Moss, like I don't know if he's teaching my receiver's technique. Like, what, I is don't he, know if he Randy just Moss blowing past people. I thought. Yeah, did Randy? You just Moss, run faster than no. I don't <laughs> that's have what I mean. Yeah. Like, you just run, you just run faster, faster than them and jump higher than. That's them. what I mean. Like, how does he exactly? Like, I feel like Wes Welker might be might be like if someone worked out with him, or like um, he is a coach now. I think or like Steve Smith. What, Steve yeah. Smith's probably even like a better one because he's like little but still played deep. So he had to have a lot of you know shit going. But for then him. it's also like. How can he really show you how to use your own body? Like, you know what I mean? And that's it works for him. It doesn't mean it works for you. Exactly. And that's why I don't really like read too much into that. By the way, did you guys see the clip of uh, Steve Smith from All or Nothing? Yes. Oh, I saw all of All or Nothing. We watched. So. We actually watched that scene together. How Scott funny was that? It's amazing. Oh, it was amazing. He's asking everyone if he should start John Brown or uh, DJ, Moore. DJ Moore. With DJ, DJ Moore, Moore standing, standing right behind right him. Right there. Saying nothing. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that didn't do a lot for me for DJ Moore. No, it actually made me not like him a little bit. He's a humble guy. I like. Well, him. I mean, Steve Smith's a scary guy. Too. Yeah, exactly. You you just yeah. Steve let like, him Steve let like him have his moment. One hundred percent beat. What week was that? Because DJ Moore totally got two points like a hundred times, and Steve Smith was like, yeah. "If you get two points, I'm gonna slap the shitty." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All Dude. or nothing is great, man. That's such a good series. Yep. I'm going to make it three for three. All of our draft values of the year are coming from the NFC North, and I'm picking Marvin Jones Jr. At this point, you can probably get him in the eighth, ninth, or maybe even, if you're lucky, the tenth round I don't know if that's true. of drafts. And he's going it's late, man. Off, he's going real late. And I like I true. cannot believe that, that I have to remind people that the last time Marvin Jones played a 16-game season, he was wide receiver three in standard leagues. Yeah, He went nuts, and he's... You know, he's going to be fine. They more shut him down than had to sit him towards the end of they last year because the Lions had a... Had a they, they, they shut it all down. Yeah. and Golden Tate. They shut it all down. Tons of targets. Carry on. Yeah. Tons of vacated Carry targets. could have played other games yeah. last year. Exactly. I'm and going I like, forward for this year, you oh, look yeah, at the yeah, vacated yeah. targets of Golden Tate and of Theoretic, yeah. just those two alone. It's just insane that, you know, obviously they're not going to run the same type of routes. Marvin Jones is more of a yeah. deep guy. But still, you have to pivot your offense to do something else with, with yeah. the losses of those guys. And they can feed Galladay and Marvin Jones and have both of them still be great values. But the great thing about Marvin Jones is you can get him in the eighth round. Yeah, and yeah. Danny Amendola probably not going to be a season-long product. I get Galladay Has, is he nowhere ever? in no. my box. I get Galladay absolutely nowhere in my mind. You gotta have like the middle Lander. of the fourth yeah. round pick to get him. Basically, it's too expensive. I just well, there's take such Mario good running there. backs right there, right yeah. now too. That's part of it. Yep, yep, part of uh, the shelf life that Scott was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the fantasy rookie of the year. Let me get this straight. Wait, I'm the rookie. And we are all way too nice because everybody picked somebody thinking that one of the others 
would take Kyler Murray. No, you don't pick Kyler Murray here. And no one picked Kyler Murray. If you're picking, if you're predicting awards like this, you don't pick Kyler Murray. Of course, everybody's thinking Kyler Murray. Last year, everyone was thinking Saquon, and we picked him. But no, not this year. <laughs> We're digging deeper. We're going for the deep cuts. I'm going with Noah Fant because no— I can't believe we're picking a tight end. Because no rookie tight ends ever finish in the top 10, and I really think he has a great shot to do that. I, I've highlighted it throughout the year, but especially in the offense that he's in playing with Joe Flacco, I think there's a really good chance that he becomes the Pitta. best. Dennis Pitta, who caught you know 100 balls, I think, one year. And then was gone, and then I'll when he came look. back was still a very fantasy-relevant item. And basically on the back of Joe Flacco. Right. And, you know, you look at these preseason games, fans getting targeted. He's getting worked in. So they, they want him to be involved. I see him as the second best receiving option in this offense. I know I'm in the minority for that. But th- I don't like Cortland Sutton. <laughs> Behind Emmanuel Sanders, I think Noah Fant is, is the better option. I think he'll be put in better situations than Cortland Sutton, who's just going to be stuck out on an island against the other team's best corner every week. That's true, though. So I think that there's more of an opportunity for Fant. And if he hits as a top 10 tight end, not only is he free – and a rookie, so it's even harder for him to do. He's no doubt the rookie of the year if he's a top 10 tight end. Dennis Pitta had one of the strangest careers maybe ever. <laughs> Let's hear it. 2012, which is his third year in the league, he goes 94 targets, 61 catches, 669 yards, and seven touchdowns. Great year. That's a nice tight end year. That's a tight end one season without question. He goes oh, on to yeah. play seven games in the next two years. Yeesh. Yeah, he got and really then hurt. In 2016, the back thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. 2016. 121 targets, 86 catches, 729 yards. Okay, so he never got 100. Two 100 touchdowns. Catches. Two touchdowns. On and he's out catches. of the league. I Like, this is insane to me. Him and Joe Flacco used to go on vacation together. <laughs> and in a year, they'll Now it's him and Noah Fan. Noah Fan's Putting too sunblock on each other's backs. <laughs> the dynamic is all wrong there. Joe Flacco's getting up there in age, man. I don't know if he's trying to party with Noah Fan anymore. But maybe he's going to need to if they're if the Broncos are going to have an offense that looks like an NFL offense. I think, at least in the passing attack. Well, I think he's linking up with fellow old man Emmanuel Sanders mm. currently, and according to most reports, that connection is. He's blossoming. a monster still right now, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders. I got him in the fifteenth round of a mock the other day. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Give me that all day. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm out on Emmanuel Sanders, but I'm in on fifteenth round Emmanuel Sanders. I'm sure. in on like ten plus Emmanuel Sanders. Oh yeah. Uh, Tom, let's go to you because Scott had a tight end or a rookie that's getting undrafted. You've got the highest drafted rookie right now as your rookie of the year. That's Josh Jacobs. I mean, give me all the Antonio Brown problems and give me all the Jay Gruden problems in the world, but you pick a running back in the first round, you're giving that guy the ball. Yeah. This is how, you know, the cheap running back and the cheap quarterback, which they don't seem to have, but that's how you win games, right? right? Right. So they've paid up for certain players. Antonio Brown. Will he be there? Probably. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Stay tuned to find out. But even if that's not the case, he will succeed on opportunity and volume yeah. instead of, you know, raw football metrics. Right. But if everything goes right, where, you know, he has that downfield threat of Antonio Brown, they paid Derek Carr money that he might actually be worth, then things really unlock. Yeah. I mean, if you get a running back who can't face loaded boxes because the other team has Antonio Brown and he's young 
and he's ready to rumble, and he's from Alabama. Who he could catch too? Yeah, who he's from Alabama, who produces some pretty good running backs in this world. Yep. Oh yeah. And Ingram. Yeah, yeah Lacy. <laughs> Lacy, Derek Henry, and they yeah, originally I mean, recruited Alvin Kamara. And the big the joke of Lacy is fine. I mean, he was only the running back one. Yeah, he was like <laughs> he had back to back top five seasons yeah, for the Packers. Not saying that Josh Jacobs is uh, Eddie Lacy, which he certainly may not be. But the one commonality that they could have is that they grace ESPN's fantasy football cover because hmm. Josh Jacobs could one day be the 101. Yep. Could. And he already was the 101 in Dynasty Drafts this exactly, year. Exactly, bro. Nice job, Scott. But seriously, I mean, uh, the, the opportunity is so there for him. Over the last stretch of the season, they were giving Doug Martin double-digit carries, giving him targets, and he finished almost every game in the back half of the season with either 100 yards or a touchdown, and he was doing that on, you know, 11, 12, 13 carries. Yeah. I expect Josh Jacobs to touch the ball, you know, in the 15 upper, to 20 times a game. Exactly, in that upper 15s range. What round are you picking him in? I'll, I'll take Josh Jacobs in the third round. I think so, too. And I think yeah. if you're, Late you know, third, you're in that back end, you go receiver, receiver, and you get All Jacobs day. in the third, you're like, let's roll, boys. Yeah, yeah and I actually think that talent-wise and value-wise that he justifiably – could be in the second round. If you just changed ADP all over the place and you put him in the second round and he was kind of floating around there all offseason. He'd stay there. No one would no one would question it. Yeah, I agree with you. Agreed. Yeah. He has no competition. Yeah. And he's a running back. Three hundred touches. You don't you, you get that in the third round? Are you joking? I'm starting yeah. to like really grow on him and really like fade on like I might pick him over Joe Mixon. That's I don't know about that one. <laughs> but but you have a case. Like there's, you can make the case for the it case. for sure. Yeah. And it's it's a it's an offensive line that was unhealthy last year and is typically a very good offensive line right. and a good offensive line historically. He can catch passes. He right. can catch passes. He can do everything that you want in a running back. It's strange to me that he is being drafted where he's being drafted. Right. All right. I'm going a little bit of a deeper dive at the running back position for mine. I'm going Devin Singletary. This is a guy I've loved taking in Big the last few rounds guy. of drafts, especially if I'm in keeper leagues. You can basically get him whenever you want and – He's have, he's got really good reports out of camp, and the two guys who in front who are in front of him on the Bills running back death chart are old and older. Yes, you know, like he could really get a shot here, especially if the Bills season goes the way that we think it's going to, and they're going to have more losses than wins, and they're going to pile up a lot of losses like before the end of the season, and they're going to be out right. of it. And yes, Frank Gore is going to record chase Tom. I have no doubt that you're right about that, but. In those meaningful weeks, like we might get a lot of Devin Singletary. And if they do, we know the ability that Josh Allen has as a runner. And if he's drawing attention away from Devin Singletary, who can make plays all yeah. over the field, like he could really carve out a nice little role for himself. Can I make an odd prediction? Sure. Uh, that team and LaShawn McCoy, especially, yeah. strike me as someone that come the trade deadline. Yeah. Devin Singletary Making could be moves. like this year's like Nick Chubb. Ooh, or this yeah. year's, you know, somebody yeah, who like just, they trade shady and all of a yeah. sudden he's the guy. It's yeah, like, oh, exactly. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot, actually. That's a really good call, Tom. And, and they just, might not even wait till I think what's it, week nine? Yeah. In the NFL. I, I, like, yeah, I I mean, they might injury, not even wait that long. Injury could dictate it very right. easily. I, I'm not even positive the Nick Chubb. You think Chubb the Chargers might want him if Mel Gove really starts sitting out regular exactly. season games? Who knows? And maybe they want Gore on the cheap too. Yeah, you know, Gore exactly. could easily be one of the guys. So something like that could totally happen. Sure. And to your point, I'm not sure that that even needs to happen. No. Yeah. No, no, not at all. I wanted to pick David Montgomery there, obviously, but Scott took him for draft value, which makes sense. I'm not complaining, but uh, but yeah. All right, 
Let's go to uh, our bold predictions for Man Catch Monday of the year. You know who's a man? Me. I'm a man. So for those of you who don't know, on our Instagram profile, at RutzFF, we do Man Catch Monday as a parody of Man Crush Monday. Uh, we take the, the best images from touchdown catches around the league. We pick our favorite one. We post it on our Instagram profile for everybody to see. And we think, who's going to make the best Man Catch Monday of the the year you've really been using this doc for every award show i know because yeah. it says hashtag man catch monday 2017 yeah there yeah. you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome yep so uh, my choice is really unlikely to win this in 2017 yeah, no, yeah yeah mine too i don't even think he was in the league in 2017 but i'll start i'm going with Danny westbrook all three of ours weren't in the league um in i think actually Danny westbrook might have had one if we didn't pick him as it it was oh no you know why we didn't pick him because he he played on a thursday night when he caught this ball oh, okay the toe tap he had against the titans last oh, year yeah. in the back of the end zone didn't even look real how he was able to sneak that second foot down. No one believed that that call no was one, correct. No one believed that it was correct. Yeah, exactly. But it like he snuck the toes in. So those smaller guys, I think, tend to really make it pop and tend to really show yeah. you like, whoa, you know, that's a crazy catch because he's just a smaller guy. So it makes it look a little better. Maybe he has a nice jump toe tap snag. I'm going with D.D. Westbrook. I mean, any chance leaving, to bring him up, I take it. I was going to say, like, how could you not? Bring up DDY and, at and some to bring point up Tom to bring yeah. up the hills I'm willing to die on. I absolutely loved the fact that you said he's going to have a rushing, a receiving, <laughs> and a kick return slash punt return touchdown. When I read that, I just got a nice warm and fuzzy. All he needs is a rushing touchdown to add on to his totals from last year, and he right. achieves that. Yep, and he averaged over ten yards a carry. Yeah. I'm so excited. And he to had watch multiple carries. It wasn't like he only. It wasn't like he only had please. one or two carries. He'll either. be making man catches though. I'm telling oh, you, yeah, for book sure. Him for, book him for one this for week. sure. I like that one. Uh, I'm going with Mike Williams. This is uh, Mike Williams on the Chargers. It's a good pick. Uh, he just he's a big bodied guy. He's got that that reach potential. Yes, he's made some really huge catches for his on his career in Clemson. Just like going over the top of guys, laying out for catches, getting his feet down. Like that's the things that we look for. Yeah, you know, we look for a guy making a cornerback look like his son. Yep. <laughs> or we look for a guy who's making an incredible toe-tap catch a la D.D. Westbrook from last year. And Mike Williams is capable of doing both of those things. Now, the problem with Mike Williams in this category is we don't know how many opportunities he's going to have to make those catches. Because, of course, he only had 43 catches last year. Right. But 10 of them went 10 for of them went for touchdowns. <laughs> and I believe he had a man catch Monday. And he, oh, and, he caught a, and he probably caught a ton of them. In the end zone, too, right. so, which yeah, is exactly. also a very important part of this. Yeah, it has to be a touchdown. In the end yep. zone. One of the guys who always makes this list, and it's not like a guy that I personally really don't like, Devin Funches has been a man catch, I think, every year. <laughs> You're right. He's and for two different teams. So he would have been a good pick, too. Because you just throw it up to him, and he makes him look like yeah. his son. He, he is does. He's a big boy. My guy is both of your guys combined. He is a Clemson <laughs> wide receiver, and he is a smaller statured man. Oh, nice. And that's going to be Mr. Hunter Renfro. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are we sure he's not still at Clemson? That's an amazing deep dive. Doesn't he have like a year or two left of I eligibility before he your... gets his doctorate? <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to talk about Hunter Renfro, really. And it's just an awesome place to plant a flag because if it actually hits, I'll he's enjoy so it cool. so much. I mean, how is he not man? He automatically the he wins for the year. Yeah. Yeah, well, the is. cool thing about him is he's just a great wide receiver and he's already supplanted the slot receivers in Oakland. So right. I don't mean to make this an Oakland episode on my side, but you know, Hunter Renfro's a starter. Yeah. That means in full point PPR and leagues like that, yeah. you can take the risk on him. I mean, I got him in the fourth round of a dynasty startup. Yeah. I mean, uh, of a dynasty rookie draft. Yeah. Right. Right. So like no one 
is tracking this, but he has consistently always just proven people wrong. Right. Um, at the combine, he knew this wasn't his game. He's right. like, this is not my sort of thing. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm just having fun. I'm making, I'm taking this seriously, but like I'm doing what I can right. and I'll let my talent show out. And he literally just did that. He yeah. bided the storm. He's already the starter before week one in the NFL. I mean, it's a great story, but it's an even better athlete. And let's Deceptive not forget speed. This is uh, scrappy. This is, this is the touchdown, um, the, the walk off touchdown in the national championship. Yes, yeah. Yes. This is the guy who, who who gets targeted in the red zone like a Julian Edelman inside the yeah. ten zone. Yep. This is a guy who can make those Julian Edelman type plays. Who I'd love to compare him to. People yeah. really wanted him to go to the Patriots, but uh, we'll see how he does it. It in the seemed silver. like such a <laughs> yeah. Hit. We'll see how he does it in the silver and black. Yeah. And I'm I'm rooting for him incredibly yeah. over there in the red zone because if he can butter his bread there. As a smaller guy, as a tricky guy, like a Julian Edelman guy, he'll be relevant right away. I mean, he's certainly got a great guy on his team that he could learn from in Antonio Brown. Yeah. Antonio Brown, a Man Catch Monday recipient of, of past years. Welcome to the technician era. But yeah, me and Scott both know the helmet catch, catch. Yeah. The helmet <laughs> catch for Antonio Brown. I think Brown. that one Man Catch of the Year. It did. It had to. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Maurice Harris was another finalist, though. Yeah. That was should have won. That was, that was great amazing. Catch. That was the best amazing, catch of the yeah. year. I think that was incredible. All right. We're looking way ahead into our crystal balls right now, and we are going for the best desperation stream. Despacito. So these are our big, like this is almost a bold prediction call. In addition to our bold prediction episode that we did a couple of weeks ago, we're looking ahead to week 16 or 17 for guys that we think you might be able to start and keep in your back pocket all season in those ever important final weeks of the yeah. season. Well, funny thing is, is this category was never meant to be week 16 or 17. No, but like, it's basically the other week. Into. Those you, are the desperate weeks. Yeah, you, it's the only. It's like the most memorable weeks, yeah, right? Yeah. So, like, ask the people who picked up C.J. Anderson what the best desperation. But like, exactly. I remember. But I remember a conversation. I think it was from from the first year we did this, where where Tom's favorite desperation stream was like Ben Roethlisberger, like week six or seven. Oh, or versus something Tampa like Bay. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where it was like week six or seven or something like that. So and he went nuts. But yeah. it's never gonna win out against yeah. week sixteen no. or week seventeen. No. That's why I'm going with Frank Gore, who we've already brought up week. 17 the bills bench their entire team they're already four and 11 or whatever they are and frank gore rumbles for you bills are home against the jets week 17 both teams too. in give up mode and yep, frank gore absolutely. just plods for 150 yep. and he gets it. the four touchdowns he needs <laughs> to hit that threshold that tom's been highlighting he needs all five total but yeah you're assuming he got one he, he needs got one, one in somehow yeah. yeah and needs and four. throws down a quad box yes. for the uh for the end, yeah. I'll keep we it go in, quad box for the first time in on the Red same Zone. division. Yes, um, a guy named Josh Rosen. Oh my god, could wind up on the streaming radar by the end of the year. And God, would it be desperate if you were playing him in yeah. uh, week sixteen, the championship week? Yeah, he plays the Bengals, and he'll be home. And the Bengals are already starting to fall apart. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> You can imagine what a grinding AFC North schedule will do to that team yeah. by week 16. The, yeah. only, the only thing that can uh, – well, actually, this is I just thought of an even better layer to this. He has to kick ass in this game. Otherwise, they're drafting Tua. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he has to. So, yeah. It's all or nothing in this game. So all not, or nothing season five, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen one week, one episode. I was going to say, like, oh, maybe he won't do that good because they want to tank. 
but he's the guy who'd be replacing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not only am I loving my pick, I'm loving it even more now as I'm thinking about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, Josh Rosen for his life, Josh week 16. Rosen with his career on the line yes. versus a disheveled Bengals team, week 16. Yes. Vontae's perfect. Uh, not on the team. I was going to say. No, he's on he, the Raiders. I know. I just. I was going to say he's long suspended at this point. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, but just you know, it's probably also true. But yeah, exactly. Sorry, Scott. More Raiders for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm officially a Raiders beat writer. Don's ready to kill you. <laughs> but yeah, I know he hates him. But Josh Rosen, week 16. Um, I don't think it's even that crazy. By the way. Of course you don't. You picked it. <laughs> I, I think it makes a lot of sense. It does. It does. It does. Of it course does it does. Makes sense. It's well we're not picking out. these because we're like, oh, let's see how wild and crazy we can be. Like, I remember picking um, Antonio Gates as a tight end in week 16. I think yeah. that was last year. Yeah. Or two years ago. And it was blind because he was like him. basically coming off the off his yes. rocking chair uh, yep. onto the field. Yep. Yep. I picked and he too. scored a touchdown. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, like Ryan I, Old Man Gates through a championship. Big time a, stuff. In a championship, I did a stack of Philip Rivers and Antonio oh Gates. And for that, old time's sake. And when that hit, I was standing on my couch. Those are the moments you live for as yeah, a fantasy yes. owner. And I won Absolutely. that ship. You're damn right you did. <laughs> and it's going to be Started the same. Six, six different uh, tight ends, six different quarterbacks. Odell Beckham Jr. in the first round breaks his leg. That team was just. Patched together. There's a will, there's was a, a way. grind. Yeah. Those those are the most rewarding ones. (laughs) Oh, baby. All right. My nominee for best desperation stream. How could I not pick on the Giants with this? Their week 16 opponent is Washington. Scott already highlighted that they're going to be the losers of the year, but they're still going to have that divisional game to play for at the end of the year with the Giants, who are equally in give up mode after their experiment with Eli and Daniel Jones goes awry. The Giants have always had trouble covering tight ends. They've also had trouble with slot receivers because they have nobody in the middle of the field who covers. But, Don, what about Landon Collins? What about him? He plays for the Washington Redskins. (laughs) So guess what? He can't help either. Well, he's there. He'll be in the game, but he won't be helping cover (laughs) Trey Quinn. The emergent Washington receiver that we are all desperately rooting for. You know why this one won't be good? Why? Because Trey Quinn's going to come on long before that. Yeah, yeah Tom's like, this isn't desperate. <laughs> Tom's, Tom will be starting him for six weeks by now. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the only way that this pick doesn't work out. <laughs> but if you're gonna if you're on the fence about him, it's Trey Quinn in your final against the Giants, seven Book catches, it. 84 yards. Great time touchdown. to bring him up. Great time to bring yep. him up. I like this episode because it's like going right into the drafts. Like the drafts yeah. are so upcoming. And how much more can you crunch? You know, you, yeah. you guys know if you're yeah, listening to fantasy. Did you really need us to do another mock draft? Because we would have. I mean, we could still do one. If should we, we want, do guys. a mock? Plenty, <laughs> plenty of our episodes are evergreen, so you know, go back, listen to whatever you need help on for Pick sure. Onesie twosie, but just enjoy it. Also, I think that's what the kind of mentality we took of this episode. We're just yeah. having a nice, you know, joke around. Yeah. And to remember that fantasy football is it's for that. It's yeah, for it's, fun. it's for having it's a lot fun. of fun. Yeah, and the season is obviously the most fun, but having these things to look back on and having these players that, you know, you, you pinpoint at the beginning of the year and you try to get to look back and see how they're doing that. that obviously adds to the experience. Well, don't get too sentimental on me guys. We got one more award to give out. Oh really? The fantasy MVP. And I'll start because my fantasy MVP is going to follow a formula that's been tried and true for fantasy MVPs of the past. It's a running back who we thought maybe was a little bit past his prime or wasn't as valuable as he was in the years past. 
comes out, gives you the best year of his career, a la Todd Gurley two years ago. And this year, I think that running back is going to be Leonard Fournette. Their offense is going to be looking completely different. His quarterback is going to be a lot more capable of getting him the ball out in space. He's going to have more space to run with now that we have the D.D. Westbrook breakout forthcoming. Of course, I don't know how we've gone this many weeks without talking about the breakout tight end, Jeff Swaim, (laughs) who seems to be turning heads in camp just like everybody else. But, you know, if the Jags put it all together, it's going to mean that Leonard Fournette is going to be a shoe-in RB1, which means that at a third-round value, similar to what Josh Jacobs is, is likely to do, if he can get to 300 touches and he can stay healthy, Leonard Fournette is going to be a easy fantasy MVP candidate this year. Agreed. I yeah. think, I think like you, you laid it out perfectly, that range of those running backs, right? That like third round where those running backs are going, you know that upside is there, and if one of those guys hits it, that guy's going to win his league probably. Yep. And something that you Kareem alluded, Hunt from three years ago. There's something a, yeah. you alluded to with Todd Gurley of that year where he was a little disrespected in ADP is that people didn't really give him the credit for the passing chops that he had. Right. And that led to a lot of that slippage. And so, a huge breakout the, the year following. Exactly. So here we are with Leonard Fournette. Nick Foles is throwing him the ball. People Loves are saying it. that he's doing a very good job out of the backfield. Is he a Kareem Hunt? Is he a Todd Gurley? That remains to be seen. Right. If he can really do all that. But he's a great runner. He's going to catch more balls than you think. And if he scores touchdowns at the rate that he does on games that he's active, that's his only problem. He needs to play 16 games. That's literally his only problem. If he plays 16 games, he's a stone-cold lock for an RB1. Yeah, so he's a great pick. He's an interesting pick, and it's an awesome nod to talk about Leonard Fournette because in a way we talk about him a lot, but we don't talk about him enough at the same time. Yeah, Yeah. and I like how – like. His MVP ranking is so baked into his ADP, and if you get if you get the chance to take advantage of that ADP, it goes along with what we're yeah. saying for the drafts all the time. Yeah. Take advantage of these guys whose ADP has fallen, where you see the value, like Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Well, Scott, Leonard Fournette could be this year's Todd Gurley from a couple of years ago. Who's your fantasy MVP nominee? So this is actually going to shock people, even though it really shouldn't. My MV, my fantasy MVP. It's Todd Gurley. (laughs) Guys, let's not act like Todd Gurley hasn't been the greatest running back we've seen since LaDainian Tomlinson from a fantasy and possibly real-life perspective. It's very high praise. So now, here's a a stat deep dive that me and Don went on uh, probably almost a month ago now. Yeah. And I can't can't stop going back to it, right? So me and Don took the average of Todd Gurley's numbers over the last two years with Sean McVay. And, you know, they averaged out to something absolutely incredible, obviously. It's like 1,800 total yards and like 15 touchdowns. And it was right around the time where we heard the news of Sean McVay saying, Todd Gurley is going to see 65% of the workload and 35% is going to be, you know, passed around by the other guys who clearly aren't as good as Todd Gurley. Who have all sucked, by the way. So, like, we don't even know if they're going to get thirty more than 35. Exactly. And, and, like, the and the season's going to prove that out. If those yeah. guys start playing bad and Todd Gurley looks healthy, He's going to keep playing. Yeah. He's going to keep playing. But anyway, but even me and Don said, let's conter- conservatively take 60% of that. He was still an RB1. Yep. He still had a 300 fantasy point season, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Uh, if it not, like it was... Two, it was in the two... It was above 250 points. Exactly. I think it was more closer to like 280. Yeah. But anyway, if you get that in the second round, that's his floor. What, what That's what we're determining as his floor, 65%. And his ceiling... Is Todd Gurley what we've seen for the last two years as the best back running back, back we've seen in fantasy? So I think if he goes, if you have him in the second round, you can easily take him anywhere in the second round, and then he becomes he could easily be the fantasy MVP because if let's say he falls to pick twenty, and you have Saquon 
and Gurley, and Gurley is what Gurley could actually be, you win. It kind of reminds me of the bad seasons, quote unquote, that Gurley has had and David Johnson has had. And there's still RB1s. Running backs like that. Yeah, and they hover around running back 10. 280 points, by the way, would have given him uh, running back three status. He would have been two points better than Christian McCaffrey in standard. And what was his, if you have the numbers up, what did what was his fantasy point total last year? Last year, last year he had 313 standard. I'm pulling up uh, half point right now because that's what we like better. Yeah, but I mean. Half point, he was at 342.6. 280 points would have put him just below Zeke at RB6. Yeah, so I mean, it's still a monster year. Yeah. yeah. And it would have put him ahead of James Conner, Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, who he's being drafted behind in some cases. Yeah, and to my point about the running back 10-ish thing is that's where he's being taken yeah kind of right like you can feasibly get him at running back 10 and if that's his floor then that's great yeah um is it his true floor it seems like he's a kind of guy who has like a trap door floor where yeah where um, he could, could miss games it and could be lower really than dark. you want it to be but um if he's active much like leonard fournette it, you He's the MVP. You put him if on he your goes, there's no ceiling. There's no ceiling if he's healthy and, and he plays well. Yeah, you're an absolute idiot if you have him on your bench. Um, it's so you. So is it my turn? Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. You're the going last one. To this go. is my real life MVP. Um, and wow. I think, yeah. So this is Deshaun Watson. I think that this Tom's year come over to out. the dark side. I, I love it. Well, I haven't even. You know, I've been on the dark side a little bit. No, I, no, you never were against it by yeah, any means, yeah. but you're now you're vocalizing it, and we're happy to have you on board. Because I actually have him as quarterback two. Right, right. And Higher a lot of people me. have Aaron Rodgers as one. A lot of people have Patrick Mahomes as one. So I wanted to take the interesting route here and also plant my flag in the MVP case. But Deshaun Watson has just as good of a chance of being quarterback one as anybody in the NFL. Yeah, yes. And by doing that in fantasy football, he will – by virtue of being a quarterback, yeah, score the most fantasy points That's, in fantasy. And I think Mahomes won our vote last year. Yeah, so it will. I mean, his. So ADP you think even at the value yeah. he's going, like he's still going to be the MVP? Fourth, fifth, it's tough because guys can easily take Mahomes or sorry Watson in that range and have a terrible team because they took him too early. But my point is is that he'll score the most fantasy points of anybody. So yeah. right. that's okay. That's my case, I and you. I'm going to stick to that. Yeah. Okay. I and there's wanna... a lot of people who would vote for MVP in that way. Well, and he there, scored the most points. But there's also a lot of hijinks that could happen, right? Like yeah. You've got the, the question marks surrounding Todd Gurley. You've got the question marks surrounding Zeke, Melgo, whatever. You know, yeah. Antonio Brown. Right. McCaffrey. Whether Camaro. or not these question marks are even settled by now, there's new question yeah. marks that spring up throughout the entire fantasy football season. And of sure. those quarterbacks that you mentioned. basically disqualify yeah. MVP candidates, right? Yeah. So uh, Deshaun Watson, a guy with no drama around him, a guy who is, you know, coming into a double ACL year. guy who doesn't even want to wear braces, right? This yeah. is the guy who wants to do it all I mean, for the team. I mean, have you seen pictures of people with braces? I mean, Quinn never... and Williams? He's awesome. His yeah, he's just... he so he's awesome. He's the most fun. I was just going to say, <laughs> I saw a picture of him today, right? Yeah. His teeth are perfectly straight. <laughs> maybe he's at the well, tail end. Maybe he's doing that Lil Pump thing where he just got braces instead of getting a grill. Well, Lil Pump had uh, braces. Then he got them off, and then he got a grill immediately. Oh. I don't like him also. <laughs> I know that's unrelated, and I don't know why I was the one to, to bring him up, but that was all I could think of. Uh, well, if Deshaun Watson wins NFL MVP, me and Tom split 3500 bucks. So let's go, Watson. Just so that's why this is coming up. Well, 
<laughs> it all know. informs the no, decision. But, like, Scott, you you had that idea like months ago, and you know I I, I agree. There with were it, a lot of things. Quite that, frankly, I'm mad that you guys didn't say, "Hey, like we're going in on this. You want in?" Like I would have put more money. You in can you can still hop in. The bet's not done. The, yet. the odds oh, okay. don't change. <laughs> all right, <laughs> fair enough. Um, but yeah, we also saw a thing on just random television where it's like, yeah. most MVP. Uh, winners start out with 35 to one odds. Wow. Which is exactly what he's at. Yep. Um, it's kind of like the storyline that produces an MVP, right? Cause like yeah, a top tell- 10, a top 10 candidate, like a top 10 Vegas favorite hasn't won MVP in like three or four years too. It's like Belichick should like win 12. coach of the year every huh. year. Right. But yeah. he doesn't because there's no storyline to it. Right. So you need to be about 35 to one. Um, I think I love that that's what casts the votes in my direction for fantasy. What casts the votes in the real direction for Deshaun Watson, and I don't think there's anything really holding him back. I think no. it's a I think it's a logical bet, and um, if anyone else places it, I'd like a commission. Yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> I'll give you my Venmo, and let us know on Twitter at RutzFF, and we'll just you know we'll be following this very closely because I mean this is this is serious. Yeah, I was bet joking around with Scott. I was this. like. Yeah, and it's going to come down to like him and Aaron Donald, and they'll finally just give it to Aaron Donald. Yeah, <laughs> this will be exactly. the one year, and yeah. they'll just break our Is Aaron hearts. Donald 35 to 1, too? I didn't check. He's probably even lower than okay. that. Yeah, they won't give it to him. No, they won't. All right, no, well, they will. well, that's going to do it for our uh, awards previews. Uh, this was inspired, of course, by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which seems to be a pretty big Oscar contender. Have either of you seen it? I have seen it. And I have this not. was inspired by that? No. But I just figured we'd make a pop culture reference. It It was was really really good. good. I've seen it twice now. I know you really liked it. It was so good. Yeah. Brad Pitt does something in it that I've day dreamt about doing my whole life. (laughs) We're going to have a great discussion about this off air. I can't wait to see it then. In the meantime. It's totally not what anyone's thinking. It's such a. When I've explained this to people, they're like, that's it. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, find out what Tom's talking about on Twitter by by asking him at. Hillier FF. Scott's at Wags FF. I'm at Why So Serious. The show is on Twitter and Instagram at Ruts FF. You can also check out our website, RutsFF.com, where you can find The Hills I'm Willing to Die On, which is now a little bit more than a week old. And you've also got the evergreen and weekly updated Draft Day for Dummies 2019 written by Scott. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're getting into it with draft seasons. Send us your screenshots of your teams. We want to take a look at that. We want to... You know, see what I you guys that. are doing. And, I love that so much. And who's listening to us and taking Lamar Jackson in the last round and all that fun stuff. So please let us know on Twitter at RutsFF.com, Instagram at Instagram at RutsFF, all that good stuff. We'll see you next week. Keep scoring. <laughs>